Good morning. As we come on this uh, first, uh, first Saturday in the Lenten season, we rejoice in the graces the Lord has given to us and uh, pray that this talk may be helpful for us uh, in being able to, to examine our life and to, be able to recognize the places where we can bring ourselves and our past to our blessed Lord and to be able to bring uh, fullness of his mercy and peace to our soul. And so we entrust this time and this talk to our Blessed Mother's cares, we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So, we're here for general confession. I'll start with the fact of what is general confession, right? Uh, and so whenever I posted this online, several people are like, oh, great, general confession. I can come, I can say, yep, I sinned, and Father will absolve me, and I don't have to say a word, and everything's fantastic. That's not the case. If that's why you're here, I apologize for misinformation that you have received. Um, but that is a thing in the church. Uh, there, is, there is a service called General Confession, which is followed by General Absolution, uh, where in case of, uh, in case of um, if there are large numbers of people, say 10,000 people, and there's one priest, you got to make do, right? Um, and so if it's, if it's a scenario like that, you know, that's when uh, everyone would acknowledge their sins, make a, a, an act of contrition uh, communally, publicly. Uh, and then the priest would give absolution, but then that absolution would be dependent upon, like, the fact that you have to get to confession soon and say all the stuff you didn't say, right? And so there's still a presumption. There's never, there's never a thing where you just get off the hook entirely, except at baptism as an adult. If you were unbaptized and you were baptized as an adult, all free, right? But that's not the case for most of us or any of us, I think. Uh, and so... We have, we have this talk on general confession. So general confession also was not vague confession. It's not how to confess in kind of some general manner. One of my friends uh, was uh, making a joke about that online of, of how general, how general is, uh, is, the, is the talk going to be, right? How, how vague is it going to be, these kind of things. What general confession is, is it's a confession of one's whole life. It's a confession of... of the big picture of all of it, not just the stuff since our last confession, uh, you know, in whatever time frame that may be. And so it is a confession of one's whole life. So, where does this come from? Well, obviously, in the life of the church, confession evolved over time. In the beginning, in the early church, confession was something that was often only given once in a lifetime. Uh, and so that's why many people would, would hold off until they're, uh, they're just about in the grave. They got one foot in, the other one picking up, and then they would, then they would be baptized or then they would go to confession, right? Uh, and so there was this tendency in the early church, especially that um, kind of confession was, was primarily for grave things, for very serious things. And so it wasn't freely uh, given in the manner that we have it today. And over time, of course, we realized that uh, you know, the church began to, to understand that, well, we can, we can give this grace because uh, the sacraments give grace, right? So we can give the grace of the sacrament to be able to bring healing to souls, and not just, not just at the end, uh, or not just one time, but several times, many times even, and to be able to, to give that grace. And so it became a normative thing. 
And then <clears throat> this, this kind of a course evolves over the centuries. And, and the, first time, the first time that I was able to identify uh, general confession or whole life confession uh, was in the 15 and 1600s. Uh, St. Ignatius of Loyola and, um, and St. Francis de Sales. So those two, the two of them, uh, speak of this, of this reality of making a whole life confession. And so that's kind of where we're, where we're pulling things from here, especially in regards to um, the why of it. St. Ignatius uh, was, um, if you know a bit of his story, he was a rather worldly man, caught up in the things of the world, um, ultimately caught a cannonball to the knee and was converted to Christ because they didn't have any good reading at that place and accept the lives of the saints and the life of the Lord. And so, rather than read military books, he read Jesus, and he's a saint now, right? And so, um, in the midst of that, he, looking back over his life, feeling this call to, to, to take a dramatic shift of direction, sat down and, and took several days um, to, to really reflect over his life and to be able to consider what what is it that I've done? What is it that I need to turn away from as I'm turning to the Lord and to this new life that, that the Lord is calling me to? And so uh, St. Ignatius, he, he did a, a multi-day examination of his conscience, writing things down on paper, and then went to a confessor and brought it all to God in the sacrament uh, and thus began, uh, began a new course, a new direction. St. Francis de Sales is much of the same mind. In his book, The uh, Introduction to the Devout Life, in the 19th chapter, he speaks about making a general confession. And so it's kind of a similar thing of what St. Ignatius uh, was doing. St. Francis de Sales is really encouraging the same, except, you know, it's, it's not just if one's having a, a, a dramatic and radical conversion, that whenever one is, you know, kind of living the Christian life, but Sometimes there's a, a, a transition that can happen in a soul where we kind of come alive in a new way, um, where, we, where we experience a renewal, a revival, um, a kind of a, an increase of, of, of the, the presence of God at work in us. In these ways, too, it can be helpful for us to, um, to continue to make the next step by looking to the past and seeing what is it that we need to repent of and leave behind and have healing for so we can move forward in a, in a healthy and holy manner. And so it's, it's those two individuals who speak explicitly of the practice of, of a whole life confession or a general confession uh, as, we're, as we're describing it here and is often referred to in the church. And so um, that's where it comes from. And so it also gives us a little glimpse into the why of things uh, and who ought to do it, right? So who, who, should, who should do a general confession or why would one do a general confession? So <clears throat> first and foremost, for, um, for some individuals, a general confession would be necessary. And so for some, it is a necessary thing. For instance, for those who are baptized in another faith and are coming into the Catholic Church, one goes to confession. And the last time you went to confession was never. And so you make it all up, right? As you look back and as, as an adult is coming into the church, right, you look back over your life and you, and you look at all of what's been done. I made my first confession when I was uh, 12 years old. Uh, so I was a little bit older. I was, uh, I was kind of bad by then. And so whenever I walked into confession, I had a lot of things to think about. I mean, at 12, I only had, you know, what, five years or so. Um, but I had a good list, right? Uh, and so it's whenever, whenever one is coming into the faith 
uh, are making their first confession, that's when you bring everything until that point to the Lord and the sacrament. And so we have those uh, who will be entering the church would be doing a general confession, whether they call it that or not. It's the, it, is, it is, in fact, what is taking place. Another that would be a necessary thing is if we have knowingly made bad confessions, uh, or even unknowingly made bad confessions, and we become aware of that fact, then we need to go make a good confession. So what's a bad confession? Right? A bad confession is whenever, whenever we go to confession and we don't tell all of our sins and we know it and we know we should be saying them, right? And so Mother Church says that, that, that venial sins don't have to be confessed. It's good to confess them, but it's not required. Mortal sins must be confessed, and they must be confessed in kind and in number, right? And so if we go to confession and, you know, kind of gloss over things, uh, sometimes individuals say things, you know, like, Oh, I, <clears throat> I, did, uh, I did some things I shouldn't have done. We all do things we shouldn't have done. We call it sin. What was it, right? You know, and so sometimes we can, we can be vague in things, or we can go and we can, and we can have fear in our heart. If we have, if we have a sin that's particularly, uh, particularly grave, particularly weighs upon us, that, that may be shameful or we're fearful, if we know the priest, what's he going to think, and all those kind of questions the devil loves to be able to put into our head and for us to just run the rest of the script and all of these things, it's a temptation for us to be able to go and to say 99% of it, but to leave that one there in the corner, right? I'm not ready to say that one, and I'm going to hold on to that one. And if that one is serious then the whole confession is invalid because we're not able to receive, we're not willing to receive the mercy of God, right? And so, again, it's kind of like the, well, it's the, the only unforgivable sin, the sin you won't let God forgive. Right? You can't receive the blood of Christ for it to be cleansed by one's own choosing. And so, in a similar manner, if we go to confession and we intentionally withhold things, if you forget things, Fine and good, you're in the clear, because all of us forget things. Who among us hasn't walked in the confessional, tried to make a good confession, walked out of the confessional gone, ah, forgot such and such, right? All of us. If we genuinely forget something, clean slate. The Lord knows that you're not holding it, you're not trying to hold it away from him, and his mercy applies. It's a good thing to be able to bring it to confession next time you go, but you don't have to, like, walk back in the confessional and say, bless me, Father, it's been 12 seconds since my last confession, Right? You don't have to, it doesn't have to be such an urgent, uh, an urgent thing, but it is good to be able to, to bring it next time you go just to say, I, I neglected, I forgot to mention last time, whatever. And so, uh, but if one withholds something intentionally, or if one has no intention of amendment, if you come in and say, you know, uh, I, uh, I stole $10,000 from, from my job, okay, well, what are you going to do next week? I'm going to probably stand till, still, still 10,000 more because it was easy and I got away with it, right? Well, I can't really forgive you of that because I don't know that you're really sorry but, and, and really you, there's no intention to stop, right? And so if there's not an intention to stop a serious sin, the confession is null and void. No matter how much the priest might say the words, your soul is not able to receive them because the requirements, namely contrition, and a firm amendment of life are not present there, right? And so, if a confession is made, which is, uh, again, knowingly, we are, you know, obstinate in our pursuit of grave sin, uh, or we are obstinate in failing to, uh, and neglecting to reveal the grave sin in the confessional, then it makes our confession invalid. It makes our confession 
bad, right? And so if that's the, if that's the, the case of something in particular, that it is to be able to go and to, uh, to, to make a point of making a general confession and to allow these things to be cleansed. Um, again, there are times where things will come up from the past, and we'll get into this in, in, in a moment, where times come up from things of the past and we question, and we question whether, whether we ever confessed it, we don't know, we're unsure. You know, the, 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 that, not, that need not be something that, that you know, terribly disturbs you, um, but whenever you go, uh, it is whenever you go to confession next, just to be able to bring it to the Lord and to say, look, I've, I've remembered these things, you know, from the past, etc. But as a remedy of trying to short-circuit some of that, we have the gift of a general confession. And so those are the individuals who would be um, required, so to speak, to make a general confession. And there are others who would be um, perhaps in- encouraged or certainly greatly benefited by the making of a general confession. And it would be an individual uh, who is making some sort of major transition in life. Uh, and so, uh, such as prior to one's ordination, uh, prior to making religious vows on a community, prior to one's uh, marriage, uh, prior to death, right? There are these, these, in, in, these significant moments in our life where everything's about to change for us in some way, whether, whether temporally or eternally. And so it's good for us to be able to look back and to make sure we are moving forward in the right place, that we're not carrying around a bunch of baggage behind with us um, that's going to negatively impact whatever it is that lies ahead. And so it's a good, uh, it's a good practice for those who are, uh, who are going, uh, like I said, going into those transitions uh, to, make, to make a good examination of oneself, of one's life, and to be able to bring this before the Lord. And lastly, the image of, of what we see, particularly in, in the persons of St. Ignatius and St. Francis of Sales and their uh, examples, both by, by doing it and instructing others to do so, is really for a deeper conversion of heart. And this is, is uh, kind of a, uh, the more, prac- or more common uh, instance of general confession, is because, you know, we don't get married too many times. We don't get ordained too many times. We don't die too many times, right? And so, that's, but there is, there can be a renewal in our spiritual life that happens at different times or different stages. Uh, and so, it is a, a wonderful grace to be able at certain points in our life to, to recognize what has happened in the past and to be able to, to move forward, um, kind of freed, able to to move forward at even greater, greater speed, greater, um, with greater lightness of heart, lightness of mind. And so uh, here, there certainly are some, uh, some fruits that we'll, that we'll reflect upon in the end, uh, the fruits of general confession. But also, it's, it's always important whenever uh, speaking of, of looking at a whole life confession, if one suffers um, with scruples, if one suffers with scrupulosity, um, doing a whole life confession can be absolutely torturous, um, and so one, if one, if one genuinely suffers with scrupulosity, then it would be it would be wise to, if you have a spiritual director, to speak to them beforehand, before taking up such a thing, or to be able to have a good conversation with your priest or a trusted spiritual friend, to be able to help kind of discern uh, what and how and if uh, to proceed in that particular manner. Because scrupulosity uh, can be something that, uh, you know, is trying to get every single detail. So trying to remember literally every single sin for one's entire life. That's hell, y'all. Like, that's, that's not God. 
that's torture. That's absolute torture, right? And so that's the, that's the reality. That's why, we, that's why one suffers from scruples, right? It's the fact of things. And so if one does have uh, scrupulosity or a tendency towards scrupulosity, uh, it would be good to, uh, to certainly discuss that before, before proceeding with this in some manner. Uh, and certainly even, even in going through it, uh, very often uh, I would imagine the encouragement of a, of a good spiritual director would be not to go too deep into all the things, but kind of stay, stay at a high level uh, and, and keep, it, keep it more general, uh, more vague, you know, to some degree, rather than every instance of like, okay, well, on, on June the 3rd of such and such year, I did this, and here's all the details, because these details are different from those details, are different from those details, right? And then we're just kind of going down the rabbit hole. And, and again, it's not, it's not bearing the fruit that it should, in itself, it's that uh, very easily can turn into more of a, a just really intense um, scourging of self, um, and that's not what the general confession is about. The general confession is not about looking at oneself and going, "Look how terrible I am. Here's all the things I've done," and just to, to beat oneself up for it. That is not the purpose, but rather it is to acknowledge that these things have done that these things have been done that the Lord has, has washed them in his mercy, presumably in most cases. Uh, and uh, indeed, it is for us simply to be able to acknowledge him and to, to repent of them again, to increase our love for the Lord rather than our distaste for ourself. Right? So it's to, to really emphasize the love of the Lord um, in these things. And so that's the, the who and the why of, of the general confession. And so we get to the actual practical part which is really part of the, the, the kind of main meat and potatoes of this, because um, that's the big question. Is a lot of people have, have heard about general confession. They've heard others have made it. And they're interested in it. They've seen a blog post about it or heard it mentioned in a podcast or a homily. But then, like, what do you, how do you actually do it? And that's the, that's the question. What's the practical things? And so I would um, I'll give you a list of practical things to be able to do uh, in preparation for a general confession, as well as how to make a general confession, uh, and then um, kind of go through those things, uh, give the guidance that I've given others um, and the guidance that I myself also received. And then uh, whenever we wrap up, if y'all have other questions uh, kind of about preparation and do's and don'ts and, and these kinds of things, we're certainly open to, uh, to fielding those. If it is something that, that you don't want to say in large crowd, understandable. Um, you know, I'll be up here afterwards uh, still uh, just to be able to, to answer any questions, whether, whether general questions or, or specific questions that you might have. And so a bit on, on how to prepare. And I'll say to start with, um, how to prepare really depends on on who you are and what your intention is in making a general confession. I've had individuals whose general confession lasted for 10 minutes. I've had individuals whose general confession lasted for three hours. It depends on how deep you want to go. And again, that's for each individual. A person who might be suffering with scruples would not want to dive that deep, right? And so it might be shorter and more concise. Uh, but if there's someone who, who has, you know, who has a list and, and is not suffering of scruples but, but wants to do a, a really thorough cleaning of the soul, they might have, right? They might have a bit more. And so it's really kind of um, how the Lord 
you know, maybe calling you in a particular time, in a particular moment, um, to be able to, to take up this practice if indeed he is. So, how deep you go is a question uh, that you yourself can individually discern um, with the good Lord and, again, at the guidance of, of a priest or a trusted and spiritual friend. So, first and foremost, find a willing priest. Please do not just bring a general confession on your priest in a confessional. Um, we are happy to hear confessions, but we are also cognizant of the fact that there are other people in line uh, whenever confession is going on. And as much as I would love to be able to, uh, to do a general confession just out of nowhere and, and allow a soul to, to have that peace after having prepared, um, sometimes it's just not practical and everybody else in the back of the line is going, what in the world is happening in there, right? And so it's a, kind of a basic starting point of, of find a willing priest. So uh, find a, a priest that, that you trust, um, that, that, you can, that you can bring uh, confession to. And to be able to, um, to make that known to him is, uh, is sometimes helpful, especially if, if you're going to sit down at some point uh, to be able to actually do so. Uh, we'll talk about more, more of that, about that piece in a bit. Uh, but first, uh, have in mind the priest that you would like to go to and, and generally confirm that he would be open to hearing a general confession. And then get a notepad. Everybody loves a notepad, right? You might want to get one of those nice little journals that has a lock on it if there are other people in the house. I kid, but I'm also kind of serious. Um, and so, you know, it's the, the reality that this is, this is not something that you just kind of leave sitting on the kitchen table. Uh, this is, you know, it would be something that, that one would need to be mindful of and, and, and guard, um, you know, just for one's, for one's own peace, right? And so, get a little notepad. And what I typically encourage people to do is to go to set aside time for Eucharistic adoration and to do your examination of conscience in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. And so we know that, we know that the Lord is power, um, that, the Lord, that the Lord is calling us to himself, that, that it's the Lord to whom we will go to make our confession. Uh, it's the Lord who will pour out his precious blood to be able to cleanse us in that confession. Uh, and so it's, uh, I think, fitting for us to start with him uh, so to be able to go uh, in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament, whether in Eucharistic adoration, adoration chapel, or simply in a, in a church that's open and you can go and, and spend some time there. Um, but to spend time in the presence of the Lord in the Eucharist uh, certainly, I think, is, is a powerful starting point to this. And arriving there uh, can certainly you know, try to quiet your mind, quiet your heart, these kinds of things. Uh, and then... Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to recognize your sins, to recall your sins, um, and to have contrition for your sins. And so it's simply invoking the Holy Spirit, and presumably we do this with uh, our regular confessions as well. You know, we'll go, go spend a few minutes and, and kind, of, uh, kind of inquiring with our mind, asking the Lord to help us to, to see and understand what, what to bring, right? And so it's not, it's not a, an unusual practice, but, but more emphasis being placed upon this. And then one actually begins writing down the things that you would like to include in your general examine, uh, general confession rather, uh, for, uh, for yourself. And this is where you get in a whole variety of ways. This is where everything kind of comes to one point and it splits off in about 10 different directions. And you just pick the one that 
works for you, right? And so, for some people, it will be best for them to go because there are certain, there may be certain things, right? If, if you're coming to a point of, 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 spiritual, of spiritual growth and you realize some of the things of the past, you've realized, like, I didn't realize that was a sin or I didn't realize that was grave sin in the past. And I did that a lot and I confessed it, but I didn't, I didn't understand it much as much until now. I understand it greater and the consequences and those kinds of things, right? And so perhaps one has that and has, has a list of things already in the mind and you don't want to wait until later on down the road. So some people want to just get whatever's on their mind out first. That's a good practice, right? So whatever is weighing on you first might well be the things that the Lord wants to say, bring that, right? Bring this. And so as to be able to, to take these things, to sit down and perhaps to start and just Start writing. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be a, a nice, clear synthesis. It doesn't have to be, you know, the first commandment a list, the second commandment a list, the third commandment a list. Right? It could be whatever, whatever happens to bubble up in your mind. Put it on paper. Right? And so that's uh, certainly a good way. And then whenever, whenever all those things perhaps dry up, whenever, whenever it quits bubbling. Uh, then it's a good, you know, a, a good thing at that point. I typically suggest that if you would like to do a further examination of conscience, get, get a, an examination of conscience. Uh, we have the, the little booklets here, the little purple booklets uh, that people, uh, people sometimes love and sometimes hate because it has a lot of things in here. They're like, I never even knew that. And you're like, welcome to sin. This is, um, this is what we do, right? And here's what it is. Um, and so... Being able to to, uh, to have a, an examination of conscience and and that you, you know there are a whole variety of them. There's of course the the Ten Commandments examinations of conscience. There uh, examines for for parents, examines for spouses, uh, examines for adults, examines for the Beatitudes, examines in virtues, examines upon all kinds of things, right? And so uh, there are all these particular things. And so um, if you would like to um, to find one or more of those to kind of dig through. And, and to reflect with, to, to kind of stir the pot, so to speak, and to see what else might, might, might start coming up to the surface, and then to write those things down. Certainly, um, this can be a good, a good and holy thing. Uh, and so that one, that one's kind of more just the shotgun blast uh, type of, of uh, confession. It's just, you just keep stirring the pot, and whenever nothing else comes up, you're done, right? Uh, other option is more of a, uh, more of a, proceeding through one's actual life, right? And so it can be, you know, okay, well, since I was seven and I made my first confession or, or whenever, uh, you know, since, you know, the age of reason, um, here are the things. When I was seven, you know, I used to, I used to kick the dog or, you know, I didn't kick the dog. I was just, just saying things, right? I would never kick my dog. I'd probably cry if I kicked my dog, uh, <laughs> Right? And so, you know, like, okay, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't listen to my parents, you know, I was, you know, I was kind of mean to some of the kids in school and one of the kids in my class. Okay. And you can kind of walk through and go, okay, what was happening at that time in my life and, and writing down, writing down things little by little. And so it can be, it can be helpful to kind of go through one's life, literally, and kind of walk through, walk through history and say, okay, like, what, what was I doing then? Where, you know, where was I living? What school was I going to? Uh, you know, where did I work? Who are my friends? What situations did I, did I find myself in? And to be able to, to kind of sit down, simply sit down and think about these things and to say, and, and what did I do? Like, what, what sin might be present there? And, and so simply to kind of go back and to go, oh, yeah, we did, we used to do such and such, right? 
right? Like, oh, yeah, my friends used to get together. I remember one time we did, okay, yeah, right? And so it's like a, just a way of kind of just walking through your life. And again, it doesn't have to be a, um, a super rigorous, like it's uh, in the, the point of, con- of this confession is not, to, is not to, to get to the end and just feel like absolute garbage, right? It's simply to acknowledge these things. This is the storyline, right? Because very often the storyline is that God got you somewhere, which is why you're making a confession to start with, right? And to rejoice in these things, to see the hand of God uh, in the midst of it. And so uh, those are kind of the two general ways, uh, you know, types of, of, of approaching uh, an examination of conscience. Uh, but then also, yeah, it can be if you just want to get uh, if you just want to get an examination of conscience booklet and just go right through it. That's an option, right? Uh, and so there are certainly there are certainly some great examination of conscience booklets that are out there uh, to be able to to reflect upon all of these things and to dive more deeply into it all. Uh, and as we're as one is is going through it, uh, it's also to recognize that um, the enemy will be present, that the devil will be around. He's not just going to be like, oh, you're trying to make profound spiritual progress? Good for you. Anytime grace is moving, anytime the Lord is moving, anytime we are moving closer and closer to Christ, the devil wants to stop us. He wants to pull us away. And so any number of things might happen as one is, is preparing for a general confession. Certainly we know that just in normal life, uh, flat tires uh, you know, somebody might get sick. You know, the, the, the traffic on the interstate just sends us into a tailspin. Uh, something might happen. There's a, a leak at the house. You might, get, you might get physically sick, might have a cold or something to that effect. Distractions, all kinds of negative thoughts may come. Uh, the negative thoughts may come where it's like, look at, look at how long your list is. You know, surely, surely you can't imagine that you're in a good spiritual state to think that you're making any kind of spiritual progress, right? And so all these accusations may start to bubble up. And so I say that just as a way of, of acknowledging that if that starts to happen or anything, so any of those things kind of start to happen and you, and you notice, wow, like, it's been a really rough week. Sometimes there's a reason for it, right? And it's because the evil one's trying to, to pull us away, to distract us, to say, you know, I got a lot going on right now. I'll do that later. Right? He would love that. He would absolutely love if we'll just resolve to make our confession later. And so as for us to, to do these things and to, to acknowledge that the evil one uh, will be around in some manner, large or small, uh, and simply to be ready for it, simply to, to acknowledge it so that it's not a surprise. If we know, if we know that there's someone around the corner and they're going to jump at us whenever we walk around the corner, we're not really surprised when they jump out at us when we walk around the corner. You just kind of, you might still jump a little bit, but you know they're there. And so knowing is, is a big piece of this, is just remembering that the evil one uh, is around, that he's real, uh, and he does not want us to make confessions, especially general confession, uh, for, for such good of our soul. And so those are some of the, the practical things of, of how to prepare. So again, spend time in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to understand uh, what it is uh, to bring forward to him. Uh, to help you to understand and to, and to recall anything and everything that needs healing in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, um, to bring all of these things uh, before him, and then 
to do your examines. And again, this can be, this can be a, a one-hour thing, or it can be a multi-day thing. Right? So it doesn't have to be all in one shot. Uh, I know sometimes people will, will go in, the, in there, and I, I myself went on several days in succession uh, because, you know, you kind of get tired after one day. Your brain's like, all right, <laughs> I've had enough of, of high-energy kind of reflecting on things. And so if you want to go, if you want to go and if you want to do the, you know, either of these things, either of these, these methods, um, multiple days might be helpful for you. And again, if you're looking to just kind of get a uh, kind of a shotgun blast of, of things, or if you know your list already pretty thoroughly and you can get it down in one shot, fine and good. It's not like you have to sit there and rack your brain um, to, to be able to cough up every memory that it ever has had, right? And so if you're, if you're looking for something where it's much deeper, where you're just kind of perhaps troubled or plagued by the sins of the past, you know that you've done a lot of things and, you, and you're kind of understanding the significance and the weight of it and wanting to repent of, of all of them and, and perhaps are tired of, of occasionally remembering, oh yeah, I did that thing in, in, in fourth grade or I did that thing when I was in college or, you know, when, when I was just married or, you know, whatever the case. And, you know, the, the, we recall things from the past um, and then you've got to do something with it, right? And so perhaps we're simply tired of, of those little things popping up every now and then and want to do a really good, thorough examination to try to get them all out of there and not have that problem again, right? Uh, and so however it is that, uh, that, you, uh, that you are being led by the Lord uh, in, your own, in your own discernment of this and, and preparation for this, uh, to, follow, to follow in that sense uh, and, that, and that amount of detail, examination, that amount of time uh, for yourself. There is um, one, uh, I guess, so there are different, uh, again, different timelines of how long one might prepare. Uh, there is uh, the, general, the general confession, again, where you, you kind of go, you know what you, you know, what you know. you're going to put it down, and you're going to kind of be ready to go pretty quickly. Some, you might want to do a deep dive, kind of go multiple days, or spread it out over a week or two. I wouldn't suggest going too terribly long on it, um, but, you know, reflecting on these things to be able to get a good, a good thorough examine um, of one's conscience so as to bring it all before the Lord. There's also uh, a longer, a bit of a longer process um, that is kind of much more involved um, that does exist. Uh, and I'm not saying this is for everyone, uh, but if you're looking for something that's uh, kind of much deeper as far as spiritual healing from the things of the past, this might be a place where the Lord's inviting you. Um, this one is it's a book called The Whole Life Confession. Pretty straightforward. And what this one is, is there's, um, there's this, uh, this group ministry, perhaps, um, called Sacred Story. Right? Sacred Story. And so what they do, essentially, is, is kind of um, praying with the scriptures, and, and they're, they're Jesuits, and so kind of Ignatius is very strong um, on this. So St. Ignatius, part of his thing was being able to have imaginative prayer, to put yourself into the scene in the gospel to put yourself in the scene in the shoes of each of the people in the gospel and to see what it would have felt like to be in their shoes and what and all these kinds of things. And, and um, so to, uh, to use one's imagination in a holy sense uh, to be able to, to grow in virtue, to grow in, in intimacy with the Lord and these kinds of things. And so um, that, that same method, they have uh, 40 weeks 
Uh, it's 40 weeks as a series that they have, but this one is kind of the first part of a larger, a larger series. You can, you can do the, the whole thing, or you can do just, just this portion of it. But what this one is, is, is a four weeks. Uh, the subtitle is Four Weeks of Awakening to Mercy, Healing, and Peace. Uh, and so what this one does is it's, it's guided reflections, uh, guided reflections for each day. Uh, and so it's, it's little things that help you to go back. And it's not, this is, this is not simply an examination of conscience. It's not like day three, the third commandment, right? It's not, it's not bad, but it's, it's being able to look back over one's whole life and really to, to go more deeply into those places where, where true healing needs to take place. Where if, if you've already, if you feel like you're already, already healed, you're already kind of good, but you just want to be able to bring it to the Lord again in confession, fine and good. This may not be your thing, uh, but, there are, but there are individuals who, who certainly um, would benefit uh, from this and being able to, to go and spend time daily for, for a four-week period to be able to reflect upon one's whole life and to be able to see the to see the whole picture, to see the big picture, to see all of these things, and to bring and to bring that before the Lord as well. And so, uh, this is this is another option. Uh, the whole life confession. It's by uh, William M. Watson, uh, S.J. So, uh, it's available on the internet and other places where books are sold, I presume. And so. Uh, so those are some of the, the details on the, on the how to prepare on, uh, as far as my general encouragements for getting ready to make one's confession. And so after, uh, after you've kind of gone through all of this, uh, you, don't have to, you don't have to go back and synthesize uh, and, and kind of rearrange your confession. You don't have to go back and put it in a nice, in nice order and go, okay, well, sins against the sixth and ninth commandment happened during these different ages of my life, and here's how, and I need to circle them so I can make a, a, a spreadsheet uh, that, will, that will flow properly, and they'll all be lumped together in their appropriate times. God doesn't care about that, and I'm pretty sure the priest doesn't care about that. Um, and so um, the most important piece is that, that, that you have peace at the end of it. So if you want to sit down at the end and just say, okay, Lord, here's my list. Last chance. <laughs> Anything I'm missing. Right? It's always encouraged, you know, because it's always good to give the Lord a last shot to, to get his say, right? Um, and to be able to, before we actually make our confession. And so to, to say, okay, Lord, am, am I missing anything? Do I have, do I have a peace that, that, this is, that this is sufficient of, of what you desire of me and what, what I myself need for my spiritual life at this time? And if that answer is yes, then one can proceed with actually making one's confession. And so, uh, again, this can happen in, in a number of ways. Uh, it is often in the case that, um, well, simply, again, if you know the priest and uh, are comfortable going face-to-face with him, you can set up a meeting with him and sit down in a confessional or in his office or wherever uh, and simply go to confession with a list, a nice long list, presumably. Um, if one doesn't want to be, uh, if, you, if you know your priest and you want to go to another priest, always an option, right? But also, uh, if, you, if you want to go and you want to go to a particular priest, but you don't want to see that priest, you don't want that priest to see you, um, it might be good to, to simply pop in the confessional in the normal confession line and say, Father, I would like to make a general confession, 
um, can we do that after Mass? Or can I set up a time to be able to meet you here in the confessional? Uh, and so that might be an opportunity uh, to do that. And so uh, I know for myself, uh, if, if I didn't have something immediately following Mass, I would be inclined. So if any of you feel the desire to come and pop in and say, would you like to, could you, uh, could you meet after Mass? Uh, and you hide behind the post or hide around the corner and I'll walk back there to the confessional, hop in the booth and you can duck back out and, and hop in. Um, perfectly fine. If, if it's going to be long enough that you feel you need a chair, you can drag one. I've got chairs in the back and you drag it in the confessional with you and, and, um, and sit there and, and to bring all things before the Lord. And so, um, it's, again, that's the kind of the, uh, the starting point is, is to be able to make a time, to set a time of when you're actually going to go, whether that's uh, calling and setting up a specific time uh, that you're going to go meet in the office or meet at the confessional or asking your priest if he has time to be able to hear that. Um, it, might be, it might be a good thing um, to be able to do that. And if you understand or if you know how long it will take, that also can be a helpful indicator if you know you have 18 pages uh, of two columns, it might be helpful to say, um, it's a little long. It might take half an hour or so, Father. It might take 45 minutes. Good to know. Okay. You know, so just to be able to, to be clear about that certainly can, can be helpful. It doesn't have to be. If you're just reserving a, a time slot, it presumably has uh, a fair amount of time to do. So, of course, beforehand, as before any confession, it's good to be able to go and to, uh, to make a prayer beforehand, to ask the Lord to, uh, to help us to make a good confession, to have contrition for our sins, to have sorrow for our sins, to be able to, to present them accurately uh, without, without fear, without self-condemnation, to simply to be able to, to state them as they are uh, and to be able to, to present them to the mercy of the Lord. And so just asking for that grace, asking for that help. And then you make your confession. And it's important, uh, and again, while you're, while you're preparing, uh, to include also the, uh, the kind and number of your sins. And so uh, this is not because priests like all the gory details. Uh, we don't. But it is for the sake of the integrity of the sacrament uh, and for us also to be able to, to get an understanding of of what exactly has taken place. Because um, drunkenness, okay, you got drunk two times. That's a bit different than someone who's been an alcoholic for the past 45 years and gotten, gotten drunk, blackout drunk, for the last 35 years pretty continuously, right? Those are different things, right? And to say drunkenness, right, that's different, right? To say I committed adultery, Okay, well, what does that mean, right? So sometimes it's good to be clear, like in name and kind, right? Kind and number, rather. So kind, uh, committing adultery. Uh, well, there's a whole lot of things under there. So it could be one had an emotional affair with someone in the workplace. It could be that one's been cheating on their spouse serially with, vi- with various partners, right? And so, uh, again, to be able to know what is it and how frequently. And so, uh, again, it's not for the sake of, of, you know, the priest kind of getting tons of intel, um, just for the sake of getting it, but rather it's so that he can know what to prescribe as the medicine, right? So he can know the, the soul who's before him and to be able to, to provide um, fitting response as needed. But then also, because really it's about Jesus. 
And Jesus already knows them, kind in number, and in all the gory details. And so, as for us, really simply to be able to present all these things is to take away all the hiding spots the devil has. And that's really kind of one of the big pieces. Because even if we, even if we say what the sin is, if we're still kind of hiding the number, it means there's still a little spot in there that we're not giving up the ground. We're not giving up that territory to God just yet. And so it's to make sure that the things are said in kind and number. And admittedly, whenever one comes to make a general confession, I don't think most of us keep tally marks or, or reserve our, our, um, our confessional examination of conscience in a file folder at home to be able to go back and make an exhaustive list of, of I did this, um, you know, 37 times. I did this, you know, 412 times. I did this, you know, 6,804 times, right? We don't have a list of these things, at least I hope, right? And so it's for us at least to give some kind of ballpark idea. Uh, And so to be able to say, you know, I've done this dozens of times, or I've done this hundreds of times, or thousands of times, perhaps. Or it could be that that you say, you know, okay, I I did this weekly for five years, or I did this monthly for, for 35 years, right? And so just to kind of give some kind of indicator of, of what the sin was, particularly, specifically, uh, and then the frequency and, um, and the nature of it, uh, so as to, um, to bring all of this uh, before the Lord in the sacrament. And so, uh, it's to be clear, you don't, again, you don't have to go into all the details. There doesn't have to be, um, you don't have to, uh, to give uh, explanations. You don't have to give a defense. Uh, usually, it's best not to give a defense, right? So, we just we just go and state the facts. You know, the facts are nothing but the facts, right? Um, so to put it all out there on the table and let the Lord be the judge, uh, and we know that he's going to judge us with mercy. If we judge ourselves, we usually don't do, do so hot judging ourselves with mercy. We usually judge ourselves more with justice. Um, so it's there to bring all this before the Lord, to allow him and his mercy to come down to us and to, to free us from our sins. He will, uh, of course, at the end, uh, he may give you some counsel. He may speak with you for a while. He may encourage you things. He may ask questions. Uh, confession always, it's, it's uh, if there's something that, that, that he needs to know to be able to, to respond particularly, um, that there may be questions that, that he would ask. Uh, and so, um, but at the end, likely would give you some kind of encouragement, uh, some kind of, of uh, exhortation, some guidance perhaps, and then give a penance. Uh, penance, if one's doing a whole life confession, pray 6,000 rosaries, right? What are you going to, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, no matter what the penance is, it's going to seem kind of small in comparison to all the sins of our life, right? But it's not, again, this is not a point of going and just feeling absolutely terrible and having to do tons of penance and, and, you know, and, and uh, you know, do a bread and water fast and cold showers and sleep on the floor without a blanket for the next 18 weeks, right? This, that's not the purpose of this. And so, you know, the priest may give you something like, okay, well, pray a rosary. And if, you, if you've never heard a priest give you a penance of pray the rosary, sometimes people, whenever a priest gives them a little larger penance, uh, sometimes in a regular confession, the, the thought afterwards is like, what did I do to deserve this? I had one of our friends ask me that one time. It was one of my best friends, and I came to confession, and, I've, and it was, and it was, they were like, really? Why that? And I was like, it's not that much. And they're like, is it not, though? I don't know. It kind of feels like a lot. I was like, that's fine. Um, 
So, you know, if, if you're not used to getting a large penance and the priest <laughs> gives you pray the rosary or go make a holy hour or whatever thing that might be larger than you're expecting uh, that you might normally get, um, don't be surprised and don't be upset by it. You know, but also, more likely, will be the fact that it seems too small. This is more often the case, is whenever one makes a life confession, you bring all of this stuff, you bring all of, all of one's entire life and present it to the Lord, and you get something as small as one rosary. You're like, that just, something, you know, something we can feel within us, like, that just doesn't cut it. That's not enough, right? Do not ask the priest for a, a more intense penance. <laughs> Usually when people ask me for a more intense penance, I give them a lighter one more, and I do the rest of it for them. That's the reality. That's because that's what priests are supposed to do. It's in the catechism. The priest is supposed to be offering penance for the penitence of, of whose confessions he hears, right? So that's part of a priest's own life. Um, and so don't ask the priest for a heavier penance because the doctor gave you the prescription already. If the doctor gives you a prescription, you don't go, I don't think that's strong enough, doc. How about double this, Right? I've never had that encounter. Maybe some of y'all are so bold, um, right? But, you know, whenever, whenever we go, it's, it's to, to accept the penance that is, that is given to us because part of the fruit of it is, is the obedience to the penance. It's simply the obedience to, to whatever it is that Christ, through the minister of the priest in his church, gives to us uh, to be able to offer as a suitable reparation for our sins. That said, if you get three Hail Marys, for, for, for instance, or if you get a decade of the rosary, or a whole rosary, or a Divine Mercy Chaplet, or a Holy Hour, or a work of charity in some manner, and you, and, and you don't feel like that's enough for you, do the penance. And if you want to do more, you can. But again, don't go crazy. Don't go crazy with it. Um, but to be able to, you can offer something more. Um, I know one of my, uh, one of my, uh, confessors at one point would, from time to time, he would, he would encourage me because he, he knew me, and he would say, okay, pray at least two decades of the rosary, knowing that I was probably going to pray three, four, if not five, right? So, but pray at least two, <laughs> and then the rest to your own conscience of, of, of what, what you would find helpful to, to say, okay, like, I've made peace. Um, but again, you've made peace, truly, when you've gone to the sacrament. Whenever you go and you bring all these things to the Lord, it's done, right? and you don't have to do more. Um, and so if you desire to do more, you certainly can. We can always make reparation for our sins and for the sins of others. Uh, but it is sufficient for us to do, the, uh, to do the penance asked of us by the priest and then simply to, um, to leave a bit lighter from all of these things. Practically speaking, I would encourage you to get rid of your notebook shortly thereafter uh, by burning it in a fire or shredding it uh, in a shredder uh, or whatever other kind of manner you have to absolutely destroy the thing. Uh, so that's usually a fun feeling whenever you just get to go, ah, all gone, right? And just, it's done. And making a general confession having gone through these steps, having, having experienced these things, having done the exam and reflecting back upon one's whole life, praying to ask the Lord to, to be able to give you that true contrition, that true sorrow for sins, all of these things, uh, there are fruits that will come as, a, as the, the fruit of a general confession. And one of, the, one of the clearest is a deeper knowledge of self and a deeper knowledge of God's work in you. Um, 
I often um, have given Psalm 136 as a penance to people, and particularly I think it's helpful in a whole life, a whole life confession. Psalm 136 is a psalm of the Israelites as they are, um, as they are proclaiming God's love, proclaiming God's mercy. Uh, it's a, a psalm that, uh, that every, other, every other verse in it is, for his love endures forever, or for his mercy endures forever. When I was just in the seminary, I used to break out into the giggles at evening prayer when it would happen, because it was just like, it was just a drone, for his love endures forever, for his love endures forever, for his love endures forever. And I was like, right, guys, we're all just going to gonna keep on, keep on droning, you know, like the love endures, love endures forever. And we all sounded really excited about it, because, you know, it's so repetitive, right? But it's a beautiful, a beautiful psalm as one kind of digs into it. Because it's what, the, what it is, it's, it's, it's Israel recounting the ways that God has walked with them through their walk closer to him and, and how the Lord has been victorious. That he's, he's crushed nations, that, he's, that he's, 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 you know, dethroned kings, that he's preserved them in the wilderness, that he's, he's done all of these things. And why? Because his love endures forever. Because his mercy endures forever. Because there is nothing that separates us from the love of God in Christ Jesus except our sins. And if we're willing to give those, there's absolutely nothing. And I further love that the Psalm 136 is they don't even get through complete sentences. They stop in the middle of a phrase to say, for his love endures forever. And then they pick up with the rest of the thought. Imagine a conversation where you're just talking to somebody, the Lord, the love, his love endures forever. And then they pick up and you don't know whether they're saying for his love endures forever, but they just keep talking to you for his love endures forever. That would be a bit strange for us, huh? And yet, that's exactly what happens in Psalm 136, is they don't even finish thoughts. They stop mid-sentence to proclaim the love of the Lord, the mercy of the Lord. And so it's a beautiful hymn that I think also is, is helpful for us, that, that as we've gone through, or perhaps as we're going through, to read Psalm 136. At least at the end, I think it's helpful to go back and to see all of this stuff, all the things that I've done, and the Lord is here, and the Lord has brought me through it, and the Lord has shown me his mercy, and the Lord has done this, and the Lord has done this, and the Lord has done this, and the Lord has done this. And we can see within our own life the ways in which God has, has been with us in good times and in bad, in our sins and in our sanctity, and we can see the ways that God has worked in so many of these things, situations that, that looked rather dark or dismal, and yet the Lord brought things forward to an entirely new light. And so this is part, of, I think, of the, of the fruits of this, is being able to, to know ourselves better, but me, more importantly, to be able to know the Lord better, to be able to know the ways in which he has shown his goodness to us, um, particularly in his mercy and in his grace and his closeness to us. It's also helpful, uh, again, to, to part of that deeper knowledge of self is, is a deeper knowledge of our, of our patterns of our sin. Uh, and here, uh, it's kind of a a separate talk that we could get into entirely, but there is uh, what's known as the predominant fault or root sin. Uh, again, I mentioned this uh, two Sundays ago in my sermon, uh, that there are the, the, the triple concupiscence, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life. And so all of us have a main root, the, the taproot um, of our soul, of our sins, uh, that's, that's just sunk deep down in there and holding the rest of the, the, rest of the sin there. 
um, is, one of, is one of three main things, and it's basically seeking our comfort and pleasures, seeking our comfort and approvals of the world, or seeking our comfort and approval of ourself. Uh, and so it's those things, um, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. And so people, things, or self, these kinds of things. Uh, and so we may become aware of, oh, wow, a lot of these things all kind of fall in the same, in the same area. And that may be a hopeful way to go, oh, you know, it seems that, that my root sin is probably this then. And then if we know that, we can work on it. Uh, and then, you know, to hit the root is then to get all the, all the branches. Uh, and so to be able to strike at the root of, of particular sins that may be, may be kind of predominant throughout our, the story of our life um, is then helpful for us to be able to, to work to root them out uh, with even greater firmness and even greater intention. And so uh, we encourage you, uh, if, that's, if that's something that, that you're interested in, to be able to, to look into that as well, root, root sin or predominant fault. I may give a talk on that at some point as well. And certainly, um, the, the, profound, uh, the profound gift of making a general confession is, is freedom and peace and grace. Right? This is the Lord who, who, that's what the sacrament is, it's what it does, is it frees us from sin, it hopefully gives peace to the mind, again, from not having to go back and wonder about, did I ever confess that, or was that confession good, or did I, did I say it right, did I give it in kind and number, all those ways which we can kind of question ourselves, um, then we can put all that to rest and be able to proceed forward with what the Lord has in store for us, which very often is, is something far greater than we anticipate. Uh, and so if, there is, uh, if you yourself are at a time uh, where you feel like, like the Lord's calling you to, to, to take a big step, to take a larger step in faith, um, to grow in your faith and your practice of the faith in some particular way, or, are you, or that has happened recently and you've become aware of the weight of the sin of the past, um, general confession might be exactly the thing that you would like to proceed with, uh, to be able to, to do all of these things, uh, to be able to bring it to the Lord, uh, to find his freedom from all of those things of the past, even though they've already been forgiven, they've already been, they've already been washed clean, but it is for us to be able to, to know with greater contrition um, to turn and allow the love of the Lord to increase within our hearts and to receive his grace from the sacraments, which certainly is, is to heal, is to bring peace to the soul. And so, um, yeah, we'll close up with the glory be now, and then we'll open up for questions. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Any questions? Any general questions? Yes. Just a question about If, uh, so if the priest gives you a penance, how do you, how do you fit it in sometimes? So like um, generally in the sense of uh, 
um, if a priest comes and he, and he gives you um, a penance of a decade of the rosary, perhaps, um, if that's the case, and you normally pray all five of them, you're not doing it at the time. Yeah, I'm here to hear their confessions. Yeah. And we're back. And so if one is, if one is, is told to, to say, um, to make, uh, you know, to, to offer a decade of the rosary, then uh, whenever one does that, it's fulfilled. Uh, and so, in a sense, if you, if you go and pray a full rosary later, the first decade suffices for the fulfillment of, of the penance, and the rest is lanyap, right? Um, and so, hmm? Yeah, even if you're doing it anyway. Yeah. And so, I, you know, because I, I, presume, I presume, you know, all of you pray our fathers and Hail Marys, um, you know, regularly, uh, or, you know, make a holy hour or, or do these acts of charity. And so, um, even if it's something that you regularly do, even if Father says, you know, pray a decade of the rosary, and you're like, all right, well, the rosary's happening right now outside. Okay, well, go join in the rosary and do a decade, right? I mean, it's, it's um, you know, it's just kind of however, um, however it fits um, in there, yeah. So the devil at the hour of death, um, I don't have personal lived experience of that, of that situation, but, but kind of knowing, knowing how, how things work and, and walking with others as well, is, is yeah, there's, you know, the, the devil often comes at the, last, at the last minute to try to take you away, right? So he knows, like, it's about to happen, and so... I mean, you hear this in the lives of the saints all the time. You know, people, people are like, oh, go away. I don't want you, you know, kind of like shooing the devil away at the last second. And they're like, their last words are, be gone, you know. Um, and so, so it is recognizing that, that yeah, the, the devil certainly does um, want to come and, and remind us of the things of our past to cause despair, to cause discouragement, to lose hope, um, to be able to doubt the mercy of the Lord, these kinds of things. Uh, and so... Part of the grace of this is, is I think, the healing nature of the sacrament um, is, is that really being able to come and bring all this is to be able to know, you know, if it was confessed before, it's forgiven, and now it's for sure. Right? There, there's an extra healing that's taking place and, and, and the soul, kind of a restoration taking place there that would, give, that would at least give one the, the intellectual confidence to say, no, I've confessed these things, or no, like... Um, that my slate is clean. I'm good with the Lord. I, I need not doubt his mercy. He's been kind to me. He's been good to me, right? Um, and so what would give one the, um, the intellectual ability, at least, to renounce those attacks. Can he, can he bring things up from the past? Sure. Um, and I, I would think that would be a great weapon of his, uh, because how easy it is for us to, to kind of remember the things of the past, which then make us go, man, God can't be that good, huh? Right, and then start to start to run with the lies, and so uh, yeah, certainly the the devil does try to get us uh, at the last at the last hour. Um, but again, 
if one knows that death is, is coming soon, if one is, is um, graced with that knowledge, making a good general confession around that time can be a beautiful thing. Um, it can be a profoundly peaceful thing. Um, and so, yeah, just kind of armed with, armed with that knowledge because the devil, yeah, the devil loves to, to come and say things that, that he knows are not true, uh, but he hopes that we'll believe. Uh, and so it's for us to be able to point to the truth and say, no, that's been forgiven, or no, the Lord's merciful, or, you know, these kinds of things. Yeah. So, anything else? Any general, general confession questions? Yes, sir. So, if I understood right, the question is, is it mainly a confession of things you haven't, haven't confessed before, that you've forgotten, neglected, etc., versus all of it? Um, some people will do either or. I, I typically encourage, bring it all, uh, just to immerse it all in the precious blood of Jesus and to be able to do a good, a good thorough examine um, and to take away that um, the option of the devil to, to try to bring something up later on down the line. And so, um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, so I typically would say kind of going through, and, and again, it doesn't have to be in all the details. It doesn't have to be kind of, uh, you know, kind of giving the story and the background and, and you know, all kinds of uh, specifics to it. Um, but, yeah, just to, to be able to go through and, and make a, yeah, the, the whole of one's life. Confessions, if you want, um, there's nothing to prevent it, uh, but it's it would not be um, you know it wouldn't be a necessary thing. You know, one again, one could, but it's not um, it's not obligatory um, in that sense. And so, uh, I know some people will do a, a sort of general confession with an asterisk every year or so, and they'll just do kind of a light form. They'll just kind of hit the 
hit the low spots, or the high spots, or low spots, however you want to <laughs> describe it, um, sin-wise. And then kind of what's happened in the last year that's kind of really um, looking at the bigger picture. So sometimes that'll be a, an option as well, that people will kind of do it rather than in the life that will deep dive. And really part of this is, part of this is uh, in our confessions, uh, in, the, in a regular confession, and so it's a, normal, it's a normal practice, and it's a good and holy practice to ensure um, a valid confession. Because whenever you confess, whenever you go to confession, you have to have something to forgive. If somebody comes in and tells me all kinds of things, but there's no sin, I can't forgive them. Because there's no sin to forgive. They haven't given me any fuel, right? So I can't light the fire. Uh, and so that's the reality, is, is that a part of that is to ensure integral or, uh, or valid confessions. It's good at the end to be able to say something to the effect of, these and all the sins of my past life, right? So that little, that little phrase makes it all, makes it valid for sure, uh, but also it's kind of an implicit acknowledgement of all this stuff, right? So these and all the sins of my past life. And sometimes people will say, for all the sins of my past life, especially sins against the first commandment or sins against the fourth commandment. And so, um, you know, if, we, if one recognizes a pattern of sin or sins against this virtue or sins of this life, and so, those are things that are kind of um, tucked into our regular experience of confession uh, as just a good, healthy thing to, to bring all of it kind of continuously. Um, and so, yeah, you can make multiple, multiple general confessions or one and done and breathe a big, heavy sigh of relief and move on in peace. So... Anything further? Oh, very good. Well, I'll offer a final blessing. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thank you all much.